Welcome to Arise Life, a community of believers being equipped, empowered, and released into their destiny. For more information, go to arisealife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. You know, last week we talked about this whole thing that this is a letter written to a, uh, a body of believers um, that was being tricked out of the simplicity of Christ. Um, and we talked about this whole thing that anybody been in this place where you were doing well, you were doing great, you were happy in Jesus, you were following him, you're obedient to him, and it was wonderful. And then somebody comes in and goes, oh, apparent, did you know? Anybody here had that? Did you know? Like there was something you didn't know, and because you didn't know it, you were going to, something horrible was going to happen. Anybody? Anybody? No? There's this thing, and um, of, of people, I, I, well, let me put it this way. Anybody, you, they seem, they were getting a revelation for them, but they wanted you to have the same revelation, and it got you distracted? Anybody? Listen, just because you're getting a revelation and there's grace on it doesn't mean it's for everybody else. You don't have to drag everybody else on your merry-go-round because they have their own merry-go-round. They've got their own walk with Christ. They've got their own issues to deal with. And, and here's the, the, the funny thing about ditches, you know it's always going to be ditches, um, is here's this. If you are here and I am here, you say, God has said we must go this direction. What happens if I go that direction? <laughs> I'm going to, right? So anybody found that with the ditches that a lot of times it's like, you know, um, some person says, I need to be sharing with everybody. I need, to, I need to be open and vulnerable to everybody. And somebody over here has been vulnerable to everybody and needs to keep some stuff closer to their vest. Does that make sense? So your revelation might be good for you, but they might be in a different ditch. It's important to know where your ditches are. And so, so one of the things we talk, I talked about this week, I mentioned last week, was this whole issue of, of women in the Bible that, that where per- verses have been taken out of context and used to dominate and control women. And so thank you guys for those who joined me online with that. Um, is a lot of it is if you look in the passages, he'll do this. He'll go, guys, we're supposed to be one body. Okay, now men, stop doing this. Women, stop doing that. And they're like, well, see, there he, he told women to shut up. Well, probably because they had, we're speaking a little more, right? And the men, he said, stop biting and, and attacking each other. Right? And so a lot of times people look at that and they go, well, don't, don't, don't. And so if you know where your ditch is, then you know where he's calling you out of and you do you. Does that make sense? All right. Okay. Awesome. So I, I, I mentioned this as well is that in the book of Colossians, they, um, you know, in, in all of Paul's epistles, there's generally two portions. One portion is the gospel, the simplicity of the gospel. And then another portion is dealing with the specific issues of that body. And so that's why, you know, um, he'll talk about one thing to one group and he won't talk about it to them, to another group, because they're not struggling in that way. All right, who's got Bibles? 
Good. All right, let's open up to Colossians. We're going to go through the first 14 verses in this because it's really important to understand is Paul is going to be showing us where he's coming from. He's going to be telling us where he's coming from in, in the gospel here. So he starts out, he says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus. An apostle is the idea is he's concerned with culture. He, an apostle was somebody who was sent out by the Roman uh, government to establish Roman culture wherever they went. You are an apostle. You've been sent out by God to bring the kingdom of heaven everywhere you go, to bring the culture of heaven everywhere you go. And he said, I've been, I've been sent by the will of God and Timothy, our brother. So Timothy's with him. Timothy is um, his protege, if you will, who will end up being the pastor of the church at Ephesus. To God's holy people in Colossae, the faithful brothers and sisters in Christ, grace and peace to you from God our Father. Now, we talked last week is that apparently Epaphras came and was like, we got problems. And so Paul is writing this letter to deal with problems. So let's see where he goes. Verse 3. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Now, I have a question. If you got, if somebody tattled on you, is that where you think they're going to start the conversation? Right? Anybody have that, we need to have a talk, and you're like, ah! right? I mean, literally, that, that's not what they're expecting, but Epaphras is actually reading this letter to them. He says, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. I would submit to you, I love that um, it, uh, Psalm 100 says, we enter his courts with thanksgiving. When my heart starts in thankfulness, I'm most likely to stay out of my ditches. When we start with thankfulness, we stay out of the ditches. Um, anybody had a conversation like this? You know what the problem is? Anybody had a conversation with someone? You're like, run, <laughs> right, right? When you start with the problem, they're like, the problem with you is, right? You, you. If you would quit being you, we'd be okay. All right. No. And so in the gospel, the, the, the thing is, when we start with a problem, we've defined the situation by the problem, not by God, who is the solution. When we know God's will, when we know what there is to thank God for, because he's done it, we start in that place. Guess what? we are going to be able to continue moving into his will, into his grace, into what it is. But when we start out with the problem, we've just said, we've basically canceled all of God so that we can deal with this problem. And so um, Paul doesn't do that, does he? He says, I always thank God for you because of his grace, that, of, of his grace given to you in Christ Jesus. So what is grace? So I talked about this last week. If you read a word and it doesn't have power to you, ask God to give you a revelation of what's going on behind that word. And you're like, well, how can I, and how can I figure this out? I'm going to give you a hint, guys. There is a website called blueletterbible.com. If you go to that website, you can pull up any passage, click on it, you can find out, you can click on any word, and that word, they'll show you what it is in the Greek or the original or Hebrew, 
Oh, and they will also show you where that word appears in scripture. Why is that important? Because Paul is using words in the way that they were used. So if you look at a word and you're like, I, it doesn't have any uh, power for me, you can then go back and look at the other passages where that word was used and you go, oh, I see what he's trying to do there. And so, so that's just, that is a hint. I would really encourage you, you can do that. No matter if you have a, a, a third grade education, you can do that. It's super, super simple. Because uh, don't let people te uh, trick you into thinking you have to be a brainiac to be able to understand the scripture. He wrote it in a way that we could understand. So when we don't understand, we just have to ask questions. So what does he say? He says, he says, given you by the, by, uh, he's, you know, thank God for you because of his grace given to you. What is grace? It is the power of God that he freely gives for us to be able to do the will of God. Anybody here get really scared by the idea of God's will and fairly confident you're not doing it? Any, I, for a long time, I thought God's will was like a tightrope. And I'm like, oh, you know, and I, I better just stay still because that's the, the closest way I'm going to stay in God's will is just do nothing, right? And, and there was this fear that I was going to miss God. Anybody? No. See, God's will, that word will is actually God's desire. And it says he does not desire to that he, any should perish. He does not desire. What does that mean? Think of it, God's will is a harness that's attached to my waist, pulling me forward by the grace of God. Is that a little bit different? Yeah. His will is his desire. He says, I love you. Come on, come to Papa. I'm going to show you. This is the will of God. It's the will of God that compels us and leads us. In, and so it's the grace of God. And he said, I, I thank God because of the grace of God in you. See, he's not impressed with their stupidity. He's not impressed with their silliness. He's not impressed with the people who are leading them astray. He's impressed with God. And when you and I get impressed with each other, we've already lost the thread. <laughs> All right. For why am I why am I thank God for you? For in him you have been enriched, given wealth in which way? Enriched in, oh gosh, good grief. Oh, well, we got to move on. I don't, oh, the NIV, they flipped out on me. Sorry, NIV had an update to their, their translation. All right, you have been enriched in every way, every way, absolutely every way. You have been given, I'm in Corinthians, my goodness, that's why. My Bible flopped open. Forget Colossians. It's a completer. To, you, uh, you guys are looking at me like... All right, well, hey, I got... All right, so, so I'll, I... Man, wow. Apparently, God wants to go to Corinthians. No, what's hilarious is they both start identically. Because they... Now, the Corinthians had other issues. They had a problem with a guy, like, sleeping with his dad's wife. Like, I'm like, and he still starts the same way. Anybody here, you're like, oh, they must not have had a bad problem. Let me tell you, no matter how bad the issue is, he always starts in the same place. 
Anybody here, you have like a, a list of exclusions? Like, I trust God with you to this point, and then all bets are off and I will beat you. Anybody? Anybody? That's you, you have like a relational level? I always say this about, about couples that are going to get married. I said, go ahead, try to have your worst argument before you get married, because you need to know where their line is. Right, right? Okay, so um, my line is here, and I'm breaking out at a battle axe, and I will beat you and chop you in pieces. Right? You're like, ah! So this is what he's doing. He, he has no exclusions. So, all right, when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love you have for all God's people. All right, faith is what? It's trust. I heard how you trusted Jesus and the love you have for all God's people. How, which people? Really, really, really. Let me just tell you this. He doesn't say the like you have for all God's people. The, the like, the love. Why? Love, that word love is self-giving love. It comes from a Hebrew word called hesed, which is unique. It doesn't exist any, in any other language. It's this idea of somebody who, uh, uh, the self-giving love of a superior to an inferior, especially when they don't deserve it. Self-giving, and it's love, it's affection. Listen, how in the world are we going to get love for one another? when we're staring at the problems. We're not, are we? Are we going to love one another when we're like, I will love you when... Anybody done that today? <laughs> I will love you when... No, love is self-giving love when they don't deserve it. That is when love shows up. Love is not, I love you, you love me. That's not love. Love is self-giving. He says, I, I have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love. The, the love flows out of the faith. Anybody found that God's love starts when yours ends? In fact, it's like uh, I, Masha had this moment, or I mentioned before, where, um, you know, her love ran out with our daughter and the toddler phase. Anybody found that? <laughs> Like, anybody found that your love ran out a lot earlier than that? <laughs> One sleepless night, no more love, right? And, and she was, ah, I'm out. And God whispered to her, who told you you're out of love? You're out of your love, which was never love in the first place. That's just affection. His love, he is love. And if he's in you, you can't run out. It's kind of like this. In my wallet... I have run out of cash. But I have a little card in there <laughs> that has not run out of cash. And that's, that's the thing. If you open your wallet and find no love, keep looking. Keep looking. God, show me your love. Show me your love. Show me. All right. So of the love you have, the faith and love that spring from where? Where does it? Where am I going to find this love? Where's my wallet? Where's my wallet? The faith and the faith and love that spring from hope. The hope stored up for you in heaven. And, and I love Masha and I were talking about this. She's like, I hate that word hope. 
That is such a wussy word. It does not help me at all. Aren't you glad in the sweet by and by when you die, you go into heaven? Like, isn't, doesn't that feel that way? That's what communism, communism said, yes, in the sweet by and by. Listen, anybody who gives you the sweet by and by, it won't get you through. Do you understand? You need today. Anybody need today? Like telling me in the sweet by and by my wallet will be filled does not help me. I need money today. I need look. So where is this? So this word hope, again, where, what is this word hope? Hope is this. Hope is the first taste that comes as a promise and an evidence of the fullness. Fullness that is in God. So what does that mean? What does that mean? So, for instance, um, uh, like Masha said, so you have a supernatural healing happens. That is a foretaste of how he wants to invade also your finances. Also this. So what you, when you got healed today, that was a hope of the fullness of what God wants to do in every other area of your life. Anybody here, I, 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 it's hilarious. I've watched this happen. Someone is in desperate need of a massive breakthrough in some area. And so, and then they get a supernatural miracle in a little area. Anybody had that happen? Yeah. And what's your first reaction, humanly? Thanks a lot. <laughs> Thanks a lot, yeah. <laughs> God, you obviously know my address, but uh, apparently you mixed up the gifts. Like, like, listen, you know, you know, you're like got a sweater for Christmas. You're like, thanks. Like, you know, I, like, like it's, and, and I've watched this. I've watched this, that, that people get healed or they get a little breakthrough where they, you know, they need, uh, anybody had this, you need like $10,000 and you find $5 on the pavement. Right? Anybody? I'm looking and you'll, you'll show up eventually. No. And the, the thing is, is what God's asking is, can you take the first taste, the hope, and double down on demanding, expecting the fullness that I want to give you? Because this is the thing. Amash and I were talking about this. This is so important. Anybody here love the Ann Suddenlies in the Bible? You know the funny thing about Ann Suddenlies is? They actually aren't suddenly. The and suddenly came on the back of a whole lot of process. The woman with the flow of blood had an and suddenly. After 12 years, 19 years, whatever, right? Listen, the and suddenly, the, everything Jesus talks about is process, right? Process. In fact, that word springs up is actually growth. It's not like, doing. it's growth. It's this growth. It's growing in you. Anybody found that everything that is of value in your life usually comes out of process, out of growth? Okay. But when we are... Oh, oh. All right, stored up for you in heaven. Again, what's that idea? Stored up, not stored up, kept from you, but for, for handing it out. Like a debit card. 
my money is stored up so that I can use it. Not so it's held out on me, but so that I can use it. Not a retirement fund, right? <laughs> you know, you know it, it, is, it is for now. It is for now. The hope stored up for you in heaven, about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel. Why does it matter that it's stored up in heaven? It's safe. You, you, that's why he, he says later, he says, our lives are hidden with Christ in God. Oh, nobody can touch our lives. Paul knew something about that because people have been trying to kill him for years. He's like, can't touch me. Can't touch this. <laughs> right? He's, he's like, I am safe. I am safe. Listen, have you ever had this experience where somebody bad mouths you and you suddenly realize it doesn't touch your heart because he's protected your heart? If you haven't, that's available. That's available. Wouldn't you like that? It's not like this cold thing. It's like my love for them is so much greater than my fear of them. The true message of the gospel that has come to you. Why is he going back to the gospel? I rem there was a large portion of my life that I thought the gospel was simply the welcome mat to the kingdom. I didn't understand the gospel is the entirety of the kingdom. There are no second levels. Anybody here been tricked into the levels? Anybody here been bought into the, the multi-level marketing plan of the devil? Where it's like, oh, have you read this book? Have you done this? Have you, you know what? Oh, you don't know. Oh, have you actually done a deep dive into your soul and found all the ways you're screwed up and broken yet? I can tell you haven't. You look too happy. Don't worry. I will help you figure out what's wrong with you. Anybody here have that gift? Like, I'm just, I'm here for you. Oh, wow. You were so happy. You, if you knew what I know about you, you would not be happy. But I'm here for you, sister. I'm here for you, brother. Right? Anybody? Okay. This is, the thing is, is God is working on you about what he's working on you. Now, I want God to work on something else because that would be more comfortable for me if you changed here. But that he's like, listen, the gospel is it. The way you come into the kingdom is the way you walk in the kingdom. It's done by him first from first to last it's his power that saved us it's his power that lives through us it's his power that delivers us in every situation and so he's like come back to the gospel he said in the same way the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world what is bearing fruit and growing what are those words they're growth words right they're agricultural words so i look them up and do you know where they're also used these exact words? In the parable of the sower. If you want to bear fruit, there's process and time involved. Anybody here um, done this? You plant a seed and nothing happens for a few weeks? So you dig it up? And what did you just do to that plant? God is working on you. God is working on your miracle. God is working on the breakthrough. God is working. Don't dig it up! Stand. Stand, stand. When all you've done all you can to stand, 
What does he say? Stand. <laughs> Why? Keep your feet. I love it. He says being rooted. 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 What? If you're rooted in something, can you move? No. He said don't move. Don't move off your faith in God. Don't move off of love. Don't move. Don't change the subject. Don't move. He says, if you want to bear fruit, he said, bearing fruit and growing. But actually, the funny thing is, if a plant is rooted, it will automatically do what? It will grow and bear fruit. It will automatically. I mean, have you ever seen an apple tree at the moment as it's moving towards harvest, how hard it strains? It's effortless. It just stands in the sun. It drinks the rain, it grows, and it bears fruit. You and I are meant to effortlessly bear fruit as we remain rooted and grounded in him. In time. Anybody found that your idea of time and his idea of time are a little bit different? Anybody here, because you got tired of waiting, tried to help God out? Anybody want to give a testimony of how bad that is? <laughs> They're like scars all over. Like, <laughs> Anybody, your whole life is actually a cycle of wait, wait, wait. No, I'm not waiting. Oh, man, I should have waited. Wait, wait, wait. wait. <laughs> Listen, the minute you and I surrender, the minute we surrender to him, he actually takes, this is the best news ever, he takes all your broken and screwed up not waiting and transforms it into your process that moves you forward. It's called, anybody know what they make fertilizer out of? Poop, right? It's like, God's like, you know, or the, the dead things. And that's what he does. He will take all of yours and my failures in waiting and make them high-grade fertilizer <laughs> to move us faster to, than we could have ever imagined. Um, I remember for me, um, you know, I was on fire for the Lord, I was going after God with everything I had and, uh, uh, at a, as an 18-year-old, and uh, then I met a woman. <laughs> Everybody knows how the story ends, right? Yeah. I mean, sucked out all the joy and happiness out of my life, and it was all her fault, not this one. No, she fails me. No, but, but what happened is it led to an eight-year detour through hell. Uh, maybe you saw my shack there. Um, it led me on this path, and and I, I where I, I felt, I got to the point where I was like, when I finally kind of came back to God, I was like, I will be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord. I will do, I'll, you know, just let me stay. You know, and I basically didn't feel like I had any destiny left. Anybody been in that place? Four of us? Three of us, two of us. Okay, so you're in this point. And I was like, and the crazy thing is, I just allowed myself to be rooted. I didn't change the subject. I didn't try to speed anything up. And I came to about a year later and realized that I thought this is what happened. So if this is my destiny that I was moving for, and here's my glorious crown of glory, um, I was tootling along and I took a left turn at Albuquerque. Right? And so I thought I had to go back to here and then start. But do you know what guy found that God did? He actually 
redirected my arrow and I found I was here. He redirected my arrow and he actually brought me back in by a different way. And God will use even our failures, even our failures to trust. He'll use them if we'll trust him with those. He said in the same way, growing, bearing fruit throughout the whole world, just as it's been doing among you. Why is he saying this? This is really important. If you want to find God's presence in your life, look for the fruit. So you might not have any fruit in your life right now, but maybe there was a time. You remember when you had joy coming up on the inside? When you had love? When you had kindness flowing out of you? Those things. And he said, go back there. Go back there. Well, don't, don't ignore all the other stuff. Go back to the place where what bears real fruit. One of the things about the multi-level marketing plans of the devil is he's always promising you something in the sweet by and by, but he delivers nothing in the present. Or he'll give you little, little things, but it's not real. It's not long-lasting. It and it always costs more in the end. All right, so just as I've been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood, experienced God's grace. You learned it from Epaphras. The guy's reading it. He's like, me, you learned it from me. Hey, listen up. Listen, you learned it from Epaphras. And, and this is so important too because a lot of times the, the people come in with all this like snazzy, I, I watch this time and time again. I'll watch a business person and they're doing well, they're in their lane, they're growing, God's doing wonderful things. And then another business person will come by in a fancy new car, a fancy amount of success, and they'll be like, tell me what was your secret? And the person will tell them their secret and they'll get out of their lane and try to copy that person. Right. I, I'll say it again, I've seen, I've seen it with this. A person's waiting for the person that God has for them, the spouse. And guess what? Then one of their friends gets hooked up. How did you do it? Do it like me. You're on your own path. You're in your own lane. You do you. Right? All right. He said, you learned it from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf and who also told us of your love in the spirit. I told you I wasn't totally bad-mouthing you. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to do what? To fill you with the knowledge of his will through all not wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. That's a lot of fill and all and every, right? What, what's going on? He's, we have a taste, but he always wants to give us more. He's always wanting to give us more. Have any of us arrived? No. no, but we are arriving. We are arriving. And so what he's saying is, I want you to know more. There is more, but it's of the same thing. Like it's, it's your unwrapping presence of God's grace and goodness and mercy and power. It's not a different gospel. It's not a different, the way you came in, you receive, but you're going to discover he's better than you thought. Oh, he's better in this area. You're better in your finances, better in your health, better in your relationship. You discover more and more and more. And he says, I want you to be filled 
ever being filled more and more and more with all that God wants to give you because God's not holding out on you. <laughs> Oftentimes, anybody, um, I, I realize this, prayer is not about trying to get God to do something he doesn't want to do. Prayer is about allowing him to change my heart so I can receive the very thing he wants to give me. Anybody, um, uh, well, you know, when I, when I was five, if I wanted to drive my parents' car, which at one point I did take our car out of emergency brake on a hill, where are my people, right? And, uh, and that was a very exciting moment of my life. I felt very powerful. Um, I was not in a good place to be given the keys to a car. Was it God's will for me to eventually drive? Yeah. Yes. Did some change need to happen? Okay. Yes. So oftentimes when we're waiting on our breakthrough, the issue isn't there. It's here. And anybody know, you didn't know what you needed to change to be ready for what you're walking in now? Yeah. A, a lot of times people are like, I am so ready to be married. And I'm like, um... How do you do it living with people? <laughs> oh, I'm just done with this roommate. Hmm, tell me more. <laughs> I'm just going to be married to somebody who loves me and puts up with all my crap all the time. <laughs> right? You know, I, I look at it. And so, so the, a lot of times when I say I'm ready, God goes, wonderful. You're ready to join my process. You're ready to be rooted. I want to move. <laughs> Anybody had God forcibly root you sometimes? You're like trying to run. You're trying to hide. You're, and God's like, oh, isn't that cute? You're like, you're like, why can't I get, why can't, anybody here, God wants you to work something out. And so, but you're sick and tired of it. So you start to call everybody in the book and nobody answers. Anybody been there? Guys, that's not their problem. God's hiding you. Cause he's like, no, no. I, remember when you said you were ready? Yeah. And you were surrendering? Yeah, I've held on to that check. And I'm cashing it now. God is good to you even when you bad to you. God will partner with the yes you gave him and he'll take it to the bank on you. He will guide you so he can root you and ground you to bring you into the place where he's got you. All right, we're into the breakthrough. All right, so why? And he said, I want you to have all this wisdom and understanding. Why? So that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way. Okay, um, who are my people? That triggered me so bad when I read that the first time. The word worthy and trying to please somebody. Who, who are my people? And it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I read that and I was like, ah! And so God was like, there, there, Peter. You, what do you do? I, I, I don't know. He's like, look at the words. Okay, look at the words. So I dug into the words. The thing about it is, is the idea of live a life worthy of the Lord. That idea of worthy is, it's not you being worthy. It is God making you worthy. But it's not worthy as in you are worth something. It's worthy as in you're qualified. You're qualified. You have, the, you have what you need to thrive and be successful in the thing that God has for you. Anybody, I, I, had, a, I had a buddy of mine, 
Uh, he was 18. His dad owned an excavating company and hooked him up with a job with a surveying team. And he went to the interview. And before the interview, he got a book from the library on surveying. And he read it through cover to cover that night. And the next day, he goes to the interview. And the guy goes, what do you know about surveying? And he just vomited what he had just read. The guy goes, cool, awesome. All right, start next morning. I'll put you on the team. The guy calls him up at, at 7.30 and says, hey, um, about that. Your supervisor is out sick today, so if you could just lead the team. <laughs> he just realized he'd bowled his way right off a cliff. And he, he got out there, and there was a brand new computerized system he didn't know anything about. So he, get, he became very popular with the team. He sent them on a lunch break at 8 o'clock in the morning. And, and, and he, he worked and he figured it all out as far as he could tell and just bowled his way through. And somehow he kept his job. But he, the guy, the guy uh, I, said, I said, that is insane. He said, I've never been more terrified in my life. And I'm never going to do that again. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with where I'm at so I don't end up unworthy. See, God, it is, he is filling you with his will. He is drawing you forward into what he has for you, the goodness. He is filling you with that so that you may be made worthy and so please him. Listen, if you want to please God, let him do it in you and he'll, it will be pleasing. He will, listen, God's pleasure is you being who you were made to be. God's pleasure is in you being healthy and whole. God's pleasure is in you being the best you that, I don't know about you, that's what I want. God is most pleased when we're the most pleased in the true sense of the word. He's, he's not, it's not God going, oh, I'm just so not happy with you. No, and that's why Paul is starting out, even though there's a problem, he's starting out in this place. See, the reality is, there is nothing you can do to disappoint God. There's nothing you can do to disillusion him because he has no illusions. He knows, listen, is there anything you've done that shocked God? No. Oh my gosh, Peter, I had no idea you were capable of that. He's very confident. <laughs> there is nothing you and I can do to cause him to just, ah. Oh. He is pleased in who he made you to be and what he's doing is pulling you who you are out of the muck and mire of all the lies you and i believe about ourselves into who we were always made to be and he pays for the whole thing he empowers us to do it he is doing it all he is drawing us it's his power from beginning and that's why it's the gospel it's him in us to will and to do all right so that I may live a life worthy and uh, please him in everywhere. And the automatic result will be bearing fruit in every good work. Every good work. What is that word work? Do you guys remember? In John, he says, Jesus says, I go to the Father so that and you will do works, greater works than I have done. Right? Why? Because I go to the Father. Well, that word works is supernatural works. Literally, he's saying, you're going to do things that only I can do because I'll do them for you through you. Anybody want that? Anybody found that your efforts kind of smell like something else? But he, when he works through you, 
I, I love this all the time. People will go, they'll, God will do something through, and they go, oh, it was Jesus. Oh, we know. Yeah. <laughs> we know. We know. Like, like seriously, like, 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 don't get it twisted. It's always, if it's good, it's him. Always. Always. What's silly is when I take, I'm like, we all know it's God. It's okay. He looks good on you. He said, in every good work, growing in the knowledge, knowledge, that's not information. Again, don't be tricked. Knowledge, it's relational knowledge. It's like uh, Adam knew Eve. Growing in the knowledge. See, we don't, any, anybody had this, God showed you who, what you were going to do, your destiny, your purpose, and you, you said, thank you, God, and you walked out and tried to do it on your own. You listen, you don't leave God to serve God. You walk with God, and he flows through you and empowers you and changes. That's why we stay at the foot of the cross. We stay in this place. Being strengthened with all power, right? So we're staying in the spot. We're staying at the cross. God's flowing through us. He's, and so he is drawing us. He's giving us his wisdom, right? James says, if anybody lacks wisdom, what do you, what do you have to do? It's really simple. So if you lack it, ask it. <laughs> and just stay there, confident that he gives it. And it says he, and then it's his, he strengthens us with his power. So he qualifies us. He empowers us. He draws us. He gives us his wisdom and his direction. And then he does it through us. Well, what, what do I get to do? <laughs> stay rooted. Don't change the subject. According in, in, in all power, how much power? Oh. That's a lot. Well, he said, but, 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 but it's, it's, it's only the power that's in accordance with his glorious might. <laughs> the very power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, the very spirit of God dwells in you. So imagine this, you know, Warren Buffett and I are buds. And so he gave me a, a, a debit card on his account. Oh, really? <laughs> Do you think I'm going to have any problems financially? I mean, listen, I'm, I'm, I can be silly, but I, I, don't, I don't even know how to be, you know, 40 billion silly, right? You know, like, I'm like, I could give me time. I could figure it out. But, but, but seriously, you have a debit card of the kingdom. Wow. His glorious might. Is there any situation you or I will find ourselves in where God's like, oh my gosh! Is there any situation that we will find ourselves in where God is freaked out? And he'll go, oh man, I don't have anything for that. God, Yaksana said it, God will sometimes bring us into storms. He did it with the disciples. You guys remember? Jesus is like, hey guys, listen, I'm going to knock off for a day. If you guys could take the boat over to the other side of the, uh, the lake, we'll be good. And what does Jesus do? Jesus just sits back and watches. And they're out there rowing, and all of a sudden a storm comes up. Jesus, if you loved me, there would be no storms in my life. Anybody have that conversation with Jesus? You obviously hate me. So Jesus goes out, because he doesn't have a boat. He just walks on the water, you know? You know? Jesus is walking on the water and they're going to drown. <laughs> the very God who 
is empowering Jesus to walk on water is where? With them. Why has he sent them into a storm? It, I love in Mark, it says he planned to walk by. <laughs> I think he was trying to demonstrate, I'm not worried. Listen, if God's not worried, should you or I be? You know, he's just going along. And they're like, That's another one I want to see in heaven. And he goes by and, they're, and, and they freak out. But they don't get it. So he gets in the boat with them. Listen, he knows our weakness. He know, I believe if God has told you to go to the other side, he'll either take you through the storm or empower you to stop the storm. Whatever it is, he'll take you through. If you don't climb out of the boat and drown yourself. Anybody done that? You're like, oh my gosh, we're all going to drown. Jump ship. Listen, listen, listen. When I, I, I talk to this all the time, people are like, I don't know what to do. Well, when did you know what to do? A while ago. Now everything's foggy. Here's the deal. Don't make decisions in the fog. Don't make course corrections in the fog. If you're in the middle of a fog and you change direction, all you did was lose the one direction you did know. Keep going. Stay rooted. Stay in the place he's put you. Keep walking. Keep walking. Keep moving. Stay in that place that he's called you to. And don't get it twisted. And there, and I watch this all the time. People are like, I don't know it anymore. I don't know. I don't know in this marriage anymore. I'm just going to leave. Well, that doesn't solve anything. Because anybody found you, you left people and found that all your problems came with you? <laughs> Apparently, anybody. But people do this all the time. You don't. I don't understand it. Every single relationship, boom, 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 boom. Huh. With all those different people. Man, there must be a common denominator. I can't put my finger on it, though. Actually, I can't. <laughs> right? It, it, the thing is, is we don't get out of the boat because it's his power in us. It's not out there. God's not out there. You don't have to go find him anywhere. He's not up on a mountain anywhere. He's right in you. Okay, we're ending here. I'm going to bring this in. And we'll all get saved by the end. All right. He said, so, he said, he fills you with all the glorious might so you can dance. He fills you with all his glorious might so that you can uh, do mighty work. Why does he give you his glorious might? I mean, that's just a letdown. So that you can do what? Stand. So you can stand. So you keep on the process he has you in. So you can stay. So you can stay. This endurance and patience that are, are wussy words. The best way to put it is this word patience and endurance is over and over again used throughout the Old Testament and New Testament is this idea of active waiting of a hunt, like a hunter waiting for prey you are fully expectant of the thing you're waiting for but you're determined not to miss it anybody here slept through your breakthrough i've done it i've missed opportunities i'm like oh my gosh if i'd only known if i'd only known you know um when we uh, were feeling that we needed to get out of our house 
where we were at. It just wasn't working for us anymore. We needed to get a new one. It was overwhelming. It was daunting, the whole task. But the Lord just said simply this, believe that it's the, the end result that I'm taking you to. Now walk, walk it out step by step by step. Do the first thing I have you to do in front of you. Do the next thing, do the next thing. A lot of times people are like, oh, it's too much. Just do the first thing that he has for you. Do that. Stay in the process. Even when you're not seeing the end. We kept looking for houses. And Marsha was like, there are no houses. She was losing hope. She was losing hope. Anybody found that you can't both lose hope at the same time? Yeah, but anyway, you shouldn't. Anyway, so she, she, since she lost hope first, I, I had to hold on. And anyway, and so I said, honey, honey, of course our, our house isn't out there for us to find. We're not ready to buy. Why would God put our house on the market before we're ready to buy? Somebody else might buy it. He's hiding it for you. God, you're like, I, I see this, I hear this from ladies a lot of times. Oh my God, there are no godly men left except the ones who are taken. Can I borrow yours? No. And they're like, I don't understand why I don't find him. He is hidden. Maybe from you. Listen, Masha and I met, and the, uh, right at the point where I finally figured out, if I had met her like three months before, I would have done bad things. I had finally figured out that guys and girls can't be friends. <laughs> it took me a while. And five very unhappy ladies. Um, and so I realized I couldn't play around on the bank of the river without falling in or diving in. And so I, I met her, and first of all, I thought she was amazing. Second thing is I knew I had no business being with her because <laughs> I didn't want to mess that up. And so I, we hung out for three weeks, and I, uh, she gave me her, her email as she moved to Atlanta, and I immediately went home and washed it off because I knew I was not ready for that. And I, for the next two years, God worked on me. And I, I, I stayed where I'd been running around doing all kinds of crazy things. I stayed. And guess what? In the perfect time, God downloaded a word of knowledge of her email. Wow. S-U-Z-D-6114 at yahoo.com. <laughs> Not exactly obvious. It was the first word of knowledge I'd ever had. And we reconnected wow. in the fullness of time. What if your breakthrough is not here because you're not ready? But when we keep trying to jump in early, we keep actually resetting the clock. All right, here we are. He said, great uh, endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified. It's him. Who, how are we qualified? By his blood. How are we made righteous? It's his power. It's him, 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 him. All he needs is our yes. Qualified you to share in the inheritance. What do you have to do for an inheritance? Preferably don't kill anybody. You don't do anything. You don't do anything to share in the inheritance of his holy people. What does holy mean? Holy means you are like God. You are not of this world. You are different. You have a DNA that is different than this world. You are different. You share in that inheritance. You look like your daddy. In the kingdom of light. 
what I just want to say right now is if you are in this place and you're starting to realize, as I have many times, that you're your worst enemy, that you've derailed your, your process 23 times in a row, I've got great news, and I said it earlier. The minute we surrender, he takes all of our broken processes and uses them as fertilizer to jack us forward faster than you can imagine. It's not all lost. But there is one thing you got to do, and it's surrender. It's surrender. Simply give to him. And in the moment of surrender, allow his mighty power to qualify you. His mighty power to give you strength to stand and endurance. His mighty power to change whatever is the issue, the circumstance, the situation. His will, he has, his, his heart towards you is better than you could ask, think, or imagine. And the breakthroughs he has will be like you can't imagine. If you and I will take our fingers off the, the wheel and say, Papa, I can't. I need you. All of my efforts, all of my tricks, all of my books, whatever it is, I surrender. And I say, Papa, I'm coming back to the simple place of what do you want to do, Papa? And I'm going to stay in this from here on out. If we could have the worship team come up. I, I feel like there's a, a few folks here. You're hearing the enemy say it's too late. And that's a lie. That is a lie. That is a lie from the pit of hell. That you've screwed up too many times. You've derailed yourself too many times. That's a lie. Listen, Moses was 80 when he finally got, his, got back on the, on, the, on the process. 80. He was 80. And he still had amazing pro, pro, uh, process with God. Listen, it's not too late. If we could stand. Father, I just ask right now, we come before you. And we thank you that it's your might in us to will and to do. We say yes. We say yes. We say yes.